Hello, Michigan fans. Trevor Woods from SB Nation's Mason Brew. I'm down here in sunny South Florida covering all the festivities this week. All things college football playoff, the matchup of number two Michigan versus number three Georgia in the Orange Bowl on Friday on New Year's Eve. This marks the first of our daily podcasts on site down here. And we're going to give you all the coverage we can, all the information we can. And today, there were press conferences this morning from Georgia Offensive Coordinator Todd Monken, Michigan Defensive Coordinator Mike McDonald, and some Michigan players such as Chris Hinton, DJ Turner, David Ojabo. And let's get right to it. So, Defensive Coordinator Mike McDonald, he had a good chat with the media and, uh, he was on Georgia's staff with Mark Rick, so of course some national media and Georgia media asked him some questions about his time there. Real appreciative of it. And an interesting tidbit is McDonald, he almost got out of coaching in the year of 2013, but he ended up getting an internship with the Baltimore Ravens and head coach John Harbaugh, of course, he's Jim Harbaugh's brother, and Jim's son, Jay Harbaugh, was part of the Ravens organization at the time, and he's actually the one, Jay is the one, who got McDonald his foot in the door. So uh, that was kind of interesting, in my opinion, and uh, just how one thing winds up leading to another. And if that didn't happen back then, almost a decade ago, hard to believe a decade ago is almost 2013, but... If that didn't happen, Mike McDonald's probably not uh, Michigan's defensive coordinator and leading them to the college football playoff. But McDonald, he evaluated some aspects of the Georgia offense. A couple in particular would be the quarterback position of Georgia. Georgia started off the year with JT Daniels as their starting quarterback, and Daniels was doing pretty well. They were winning, but... Daniels went down in late September with an injury, and Stetson Bennett, who played last year for them, Bennett stepped in and stepped up, and he played so good that he kept the job. But still, Daniels, he lingers in the background, and uh, especially Georgia fans, it seems that uh, anytime Bennett makes a mistake, they would like to see some more of Daniels. Uh, the fact is, Georgia has two competent options at quarterback. Uh, they do differ in style a bit. And uh, here's what McDonald said about the construct. He said that they both have great command of the offense. He said uh, also that McDonald, he said that Georgia's offense is set up very sim- similar to Michigan's in terms of how they play complementary football how they know where to go with the football. They make a defense defend the entire width of the field, and they like to utilize play action and uh, take their deep shots, just like Michigan. And uh, Bennett, the difference he has is he's rushed for 251 yards this season. Daniels doesn't have that type of mobility. But uh, McDonald said Stetson, he's probably a little bit more willing to take off when the play breaks down. And Kirk Herbstreit, he had a media call with uh, 
Georgia and Michigan media on Monday, and he stuck up for Bennett, saying that uh, people doubted him the whole time, and he's been there, and it provided this chip that we learned to love about his game. This guy has been incredible, Herbstreet said. His mobility has been critical to keeping plays alive and a good complement to what they're doing with their running game with Zamir White and James Cook. So, obviously, McDonald would love for Michigan to pressure Bennett. And Michigan's done a pretty good job this season of pressuring opposing quarterbacks that are mobile. All started with Western Michigan. Look at uh, Sean Clifford at Penn State and so on and so forth, even C.J. Stroud. Uh, Adrian Martinez. Martinez was bottled up, but the play action worked for him, the Nebraska former Nebraska quarterback. Most of Michigan's opponents this year have had uh, mobile or at least semi-mobile quarterbacks, and in years past that used to be kind of an issue for them. Has not been this year. They've been able to you know, collapse the pocket and get to the quarterback, not allow him to have many lanes to run through. So Bennett, he did struggle against Alabama with pressure, and obviously Alabama was the best defense Georgia has faced to this point, but Michigan could potentially be the best defense they've faced, or at least the second-best defense they've faced. But there's other players on the Georgia offense to keep an eye on and take note of. Another would be tight end Brock Bowers, a guy who just burst onto the scene, man. He's a freshman, but he was a Mackey Award semifinalist. He was the SEC Freshman of the Year, and he's six foot four and put up some really good stats. 47 receptions, 791 yards, 11 touchdowns, That's a 16.8 yards per catch, and that is just great. That's great whether you're a tight end or one of the fastest, most versatile receivers in college football. That's 16.8 yards per catch. Highly impressive. Got to take note of him. And the issue with Bowers is he doesn't just line up as a traditional tight end. He is everywhere on the field. And uh, McDonald said that, He's really dynamic, and the issue is he said that uh, he plays every position. He'll play the Z, the Y, the X, the move guy, the down guy. They'll give it to him on reverses, screens. McDonald said it's pretty impressive, and he gave uh, George's coaching staff credit for scheming him, scheming Bowers in all these different ways. But the key, McDonald said, is the first thing you have to do is have an awareness of where he's at on the field. And if he's out of place, you have to understand that. And then just understand the things that he likes to do from certain positions so we can help try to slow him down as best we can. But McDonald knows it's going to be a tough task. And what's good about Michigan's defense now is something they weren't good at in the past. McDonald is willing to adjust, willing to adjust his coverages, his schematics, his alignments, and it's going to be, McDonald called it a chess game. He said, the stress points of our zones and when we play man-to-man, when we pressure, when we don't, that'll be kind of an interesting chess game throughout the game. And McDonald's exactly right, and that correlates into the entire game plan, not just uh, Brock Bowers. But Bowers, if you shut him down, if you pressure Bennett, those are the type of things that really, really are going to aid uh, your chances 
of having a victory in Miami and flying back to Ann Arbor to get ready for a national championship in Indianapolis in a couple weeks. But tall tasks for sure. Uh, moving on to David Ojabo. David Ojabo, he's a guy who he just had one career tackle heading into this season, but he has really made his presence known this year, to say the least. 11 sacks, 5 forced fumbles. If it wasn't for Aiden Hutchinson on the other side, the other edge rusher for Michigan, who was a Heisman finalist and won, seemed like every award known to man, or at least up for every award known to man, uh, maybe people, a little more people nationally would know who Ujabo is, but nonetheless, the scouting community, a lot of analysts, a lot of journalists have taken note and notice of Ojabo. And now, if you look at Pro Football Focus, if you look at ESPN Mel Kuyper, draft analyst, his draft rankings, Ojabo is trending towards a middle first-round pick. I don't ever want to say surefire first-round pick because there's the NFL Combine and so many other variables that come into play after the season's over. However, uh, Ojabo, he is not focusing on that right now, and that's a great thing to hear from a Michigan player with the type of position he's in, a guy who didn't play football until 2017, uh, Scotland native, and look at him now. But Ojabo said, I'm focused on this season. I haven't really given that much attention. When it comes time for the draft, draft attention, I'm going to switch the focus to that. But you see us, we're in the playoffs. Can't be talking about the draft or focusing on the draft. So Ojabo knows that and he also said this, just he's living the dream right now. He's with his brothers in Miami, and he knows this is never going to happen again. Not with this team, not with this 2021 team, not with Aiden Hutchinson, not with some of these guys, some of these seniors. The nucleus that is Michigan football right now, it'll be gone. It'll be over after this year, and uh, you know other players are going to have to carry the torch and carry the legacy on of the guys like Hutchinson and Haskins and some of these guys, you know, who really set the tone of what Michigan football, championship football, should be. So, obviously, it would be really nice to have Ojabo back for a variety of reasons. But very good to hear that he is not concerned too much about the draft right now. Of course, it's in the back of his head. But, you know, power forward, keep focusing on the task at hand, and that will only improve draft stock. But... Ojabo kept it real. He said, coming into the season, I had 20 snaps and I was unknown. Looking back at it, seeing where I'm at now, it's a blessing. But he said he's going to focus when it comes to draft time. But draft time is not now. It is playoff time. And hopefully Ojabo, he won't be able to really make a decision on that until after uh, the middle of January when Michigan is playing, hopefully, for a national championship. But another thing that was interesting to hear today was the support for Jim Harbaugh, which we've heard repeatedly now this season, that, uh, you know, it was a rough year for Michigan a year ago, 2-4, and four, and that 2-4 and four season has kind of drove Michigan, uh, driven them to what they've become this year, but DJ Turner, he said, I'd say that I love Coach Harbaugh, and we always knew since day one it was Michigan versus everybody, and we live by that. So that's when we proved everything, and just we've got 
a lot to do left, and it just feels great to do it with my coach too. And Ojabo said the same thing. <laughs> it pointed to the fact that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people wanted Harbaugh gone. A lot of people really dogged Michigan to a, uh, you know, an animosity level that really is unknown to mankind. I mean, it, it, it was bad. And I think most people listening to me right now realizes uh, some things were said that shouldn't have been said and some emotions were displayed that, uh, you know, turned out to be far-fetched. I mean, Michigan, they weren't even in the top 25 heading into this year. Nobody really thought they were going to get even to 500. So look at this. Look at where they are. But Ojabo said that they weren't even phased because he said the same people that say they love you now or the same people that were saying Michigan shouldn't be whatever, whatever, you can't pay attention to anybody outside of the building. They're not going through the grind we do. They're not waking up at 6 a.m. running hills. They're just watching us on TV. What they've got to say don't really mean anything. And uh, D.J. Turner also said that uh, it's Michigan versus everybody, and they live by that. So, uh, yeah, Michigan versus everybody. That That's the way it's been, and that's the way it's got to be, and that's really the way it should be going forward because uh, having a chip on your shoulder can be a powerful thing. And that chip on the shoulder has really kind of defined Michigan this year. They, they remembered everything bad that was said about them by Ohio State and some of the biggest pundits, the Paul Feinbaums of the world. And shout out to Paul Feinbaum forever. I'll never let you live it down. And uh, I don't think uh, a lot of other Michigan fans are going to let Paul Feinbaum live it down either. And uh, somebody buy him a Michigan jersey, right? But uh, that's where we're at, folks. And... Uh, so here's the deal. Tomorrow, there's going to be more press conferences, and there's going to be press conferences the rest of the week. And uh, here's the schedule for you, just so you know what's going on. Tomorrow, there's going to be availability. It was supposed to be Michigan Media Day, but because of COVID protocols, that's changed. So there should be a good handful of players for you tomorrow, so more quotes for you. And then on Thursday, the day before the game, there is going to be the head coach joint press conference where Kirby Smart, Georgia's head coach, and Jim Harbaugh, they will be speaking side-by-side uh, virtually. Usually they're side-by-side in person, but not this year. I will be attending on Thursday the Orange Bowl Coaches Luncheon, which usually there's ESPN personalities there and Michigan players, as well as, once again, Kirby Smart and Jim Harbaugh. They should be side-by-side side there. Or maybe they'll keep them separated because of COVID protocols and don't want to uh, you know, mix up uh, Georgia and Michigan players to, and coaches together. So we'll see on that. But that will be something to keep an eye out for, and I'll have a recap of that and there should be some notable quotes from that. On Friday, the day of the Orange Bowl, there's going to be an Orange Bowl Fan Fest, and there's usually bands there, usually some notable bands. Uh, definitely real good time for Michigan fans, and if there's any Michigan fans listening to this, listen to me right now, I encourage you to go if you're actually going to the game. A ticket gets you into this event for free, 
and there's plenty to do. The Orange Bowl trophy should be on hand for you to take pictures with, perhaps a national championship trophy. Um, besides the bands, there's good stuff to do for kids where they get to throw football, run obstacle courses, stuff like that. So uh, I think it's cheap fun, and it could be a blast for you and your family. So feel free to go to that, and perhaps most importantly, say hi to me if you see me, and I encourage you to follow me on Twitter at Woods Football. Follow us on Twitter at Mason Brew, and just keep up to date on the site all week. We're going to have a ton of content. We're going to pump out an absolute abundance of notes and quotes. Uh, it's already happening. It's already on the site more than a few today, and uh, it's going to be the same all week. So this is a big week, a big week for Michigan football. This is a big week for Mays and Brew and all those who work there, and I'm just a piece of it. So take a look at all of our content, all of our podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever you find your podcast. Feel free to leave us a review hopefully a positive one, and like I said, this is the first of a daily recap podcast for the week, so be on the lookout for another one tomorrow evening and then throughout the week. So we love you guys, and keep on keeping on. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, let's go get a W on Friday. Take care.